Hello and welcome to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and today on the podcast, Carrie Jones and I are talking about courage. A while back, our team did an activity during a staff meeting. We were each given a seemingly random phrase and asked to come up with a three to five minute presentation related to our interpretation of what that phrase meant. Carrie's phrase, which you'll hear in a minute, led her to talk about the idea of fear, which ultimately led her to reflect on courage, which, as you may remember from episode 26, is one of our values here at Leadership Vision. Carrie defines courage as acting in the face of fear. Fear and courage are not mutually exclusive ideas, but may, as she and I will discuss in this podcast, depend on one another. As you'll hear Carrie say, it's ultimately the triumph over fear that makes us courageous. So today on the show, you'll first get to hear what Carrie shared at our staff meeting related to that value of courage. After Carrie's story, she and I will discuss and dissect each of the ideas that she raises in her story. You'll get to hear us wrestle with the appropriate role that fear plays in helping us become courageous, but also how fear can paralyze us and prevent us from reaching our potential. Fear is temporary. Regret is forever. We'll also share a brief prompt at the end that we hope will encourage you to act more courageously. Okay, here's Carrie. I find myself resonating with all of our values at different times during the weeks or months, depending on what I'm engaged in at that moment. I may see generosity as I'm watching our team members give themselves fully during an engagement, or hear the wisdom of others as we continue to navigate new opportunities. But as I was reflecting on what I wanted to say about our values, I kept coming back to the value of courage. To be honest, I sort of want to skip over the word altogether. But if I'm really honest, it's because I don't feel courageous. I feel fear. When I was young and watched The Wizard of Oz for the first time, I resonated with the cowardly lion. That lion, the king of the jungle, the king of the beasts. The cowardly lion believes that his fear makes him inadequate. He does not understand that courage means acting in the face of fear, which he actually does quite frequently. At a recent team event, my team members and I were given a question or phrase and were asked to respond by interpreting that phrase in whatever way we wanted. I was given the following, fear is temporary, regret is forever. I immediately thought back over my life and how often I let fear paralyze me. When I was younger, I didn't participate in activities because I probably wasn't going to be good at them. I wouldn't insert myself into new situations for fear of not being liked by others. And although on the outside, I looked like the girl who had it all, I did well in school, had plenty of friends, was recognized for extracurricular activities, I was that cowardly lion. My fear often made me feel inadequate. And I was often faced with regrets afterwards. One of my favorite quotes is a famous one from Nelson Mandela. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, 
but he who conquers that fear. On July 10th, 2014, I received a devastating call at 5.30 in the morning. It was my sister who told me our mom had just died. She had been battling cancer for the previous five months, and even though the prognosis wasn't promising, we were hopeful in a new treatment plan. When I received the call that morning, I felt afraid and a fear like I had never felt in my life. I was just days away from having my first child, now without my mom. It was really in that time that I learned what courage was. It was standing in that place of fear, feeling afraid, but taking one step forward into the unknown. Each day, just one more step. As I think about courage, a value we embody here at Leadership Vision, it is about taking one more step, even when we are afraid. We all face fear, in our work, in our relationships, in our roles as parents of young children or as the children of aging parents. But it is what we do with that fear. And ultimately, it is the triumph over that fear that makes us courageous. I encourage you to think about whatever your current challenge is. And, rather than shrink away from it in fear, to stand up to it. I'm not saying it will be easy or that there is even a guarantee it will go well. But if you bravely step forward, you will move closer to embodying courage. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Nathan. How are you today? I am great, thanks. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us on the podcast here. In the first section, you talk about generosity, and that's also one of our other values. How, how do you think generosity and courage are connected? Like, do you think that you have to be generous to be courageous? Do you think that it's easier to be courageous to face your fears if you're generous first? That's a really good question, Nathan. I do think there is a link between generosity and stepping into that place of courage. Being generous means that you're willing to step out on behalf of others. There's, for me in my mind, generosity, there's a servant leadership element to that, uh, but oftentimes can be accompanied by fear. How is, you know, how am I going to be received? Um, will people appreciate this generosity and how I'm giving it? Which is why I think it is, in fact, connected to courage. Uh, we need to be able to step into those spaces and overcome that, um, so I do see those two linked together. Why do, you, why do you think that's something that we need to do? Wouldn't it be easier in life uh, if we just avoid the things that make us uncomfortable? If we yes. just step away from them? I mean, why, <laughs> why should we step into this? What's the benefit here? It seems like we're just asking for hurt and pain and difficulty. And I think there is that. There, there can be that. But there's also the opportunity for growth, for development, for experiencing something that you've never experienced before. Um, you know, I also mentioned that for a time in my life, I wouldn't step into spaces. Um, I have this very vivid memory of going out for T-ball one time. <laughs> Just that's all it took one time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a perfect example of letting fear sort of overwhelm me. Um, went out for T-ball one time. Didn't think I was very good at it that one day, and so never went back. And as the, you know, the reality is, if I would have looked at it objectively from a five-year-old perspective, would have realized no one was really good at it. But who cares? It's T-ball, right? Yeah. No one's good. You know, at it. go out, have fun, make new friends, experience 
maybe laying in the outfield or whatever it is. But <laughs> with, a, with a glove on your exactly. head. Exactly. <laughs> you know, take a little nap in the sun. Yeah. But instead, uh, I chose not to. Hmm. I chose to um, to be fearful. And even in that example that I just gave you, um, there was an opportunity to be generous. Maybe I wouldn't have been the best t-ball player, but I could have served in other ways that could have been really important to another five-year-old. Maybe I could have laughed with someone. Maybe I could have encouraged someone at that you know, place and time to say, yeah, I'm not very good at this either, but we can drink lemonade. Let's not, let's not be good at this together. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think back to your question, why is it important? Because we can miss out on things because we, you know, then miss the opportunity to grow and develop and make new friends and experience the world around us, uh, which then leaves us with regret. Yeah. Well, I love the quote that we were given, that you were given uh, to kind of prompt this whole conversation and that is fear is temporary regret is forever i'm guessing that you don't necessarily have strong regrets about not going out for t-ball no i don't (laughs) think that was my gifting in life no no but other other things that you look back on on your life and like i I wish i would have done that um not necessarily because you would have been you know all state or your new profession but stuff you're like i wish i would have given that a shot so it's interesting that you asked that. I was, I've, I've thought a lot about this, you know, after writing this and particularly, like you said, after being given that statement, that phrase. Um, so for a good portion of my life, I have played classical piano. I started at the age of five and really played until I was 18. Um, and at the end was being pushed to maybe focus on it in college Uh, you know, take some next steps to see what opportunities um, were available to me. And I didn't because I was afraid. Mm. Because, again, I was going back to, you know, what if I can't do it? What if I can't make it? What if I'm not, in fact, good enough? Um, And so I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's, I would qualify it as regret in, you know, sort of that very strong statement, but it leaves me with the question of wondering you know, what What did I miss out on? What could I have pursued had I stuck with it? Hmm. Um, you know, would I still be playing today um, instead of just the piano sitting in the corner of the room, you know, maybe as a great picture holder or dust collector? A, r- a reminder, maybe. A reminder. You can still pick it up. I, and I certainly can, but it's, it is that, um, that question of what could have been. Hmm. Um, and that's hard sometimes when you look back in those spaces. I think the other thing is, and it's it's not earth shattering, but I've thought a lot about. Um, I had I had friends in college who went on trips abroad, would go spend a whole semester, you know, a whole summer, and experience this whole other world under the context of an education. And I was too fearful. I was too fearful, and. And that is fearful of what? um, Of not understanding. I didn't do a ton of traveling growing up internationally. We traveled domestically, which was a wonderful gift, and I greatly appreciate it. But I think it was that space of unknown, of uncertainty, um, and again, not being willing to sort of put myself out there and just experience whatever would come. And so I have thought about that would be something that I. I have regretted not experiencing uh, Hmm. in that context of my life and saying, you know, 
now when my children get to that age where they're in college, it will be that no go. Go to Europe for a semester. You're going to do it. I'll pay for it. Exactly. And experience that. Don't miss out on those things um, that you'll later look back on and say, oh, I wish I would have had those pictures or, you know, written that blog when I was a semester. Done done all those things. Exactly. So it's interesting you mentioned your children. We talk about it frequently, the joys and challenges of of parenting. Um, how, How do you instill into your children this idea of fear is temporary, regret is forever. And, you know, before this just gets written off as like, well, this is just something for parents. But I think this is an idea that we can instill in anybody in any situation, you know, our our colleagues, our friends, our, you know, even our parents, like whatever. How do you sort of instill in someone, not this idea of being fearless and just sort of cavalierly jumping into something, but not being afraid or rather, but not not doing something because of fear, but just being like, hey, let's let's try this. Is that something that you and your husband have talked about specifically with your with your kids? That's such a good question. So my oldest daughter, I um, sometimes feel like I'm looking in the mirror when she and I are sitting across the table from each other. Apple hasn't fallen far from it, the carry tree. It has not. Uh, that firstborn tendency is alive and well in that one, in both the, the best ways and also the ways that we're talking about today. She is a child who will not step into unknown spaces. She struggles with transition. She is someone who wants to understand all of the contexts and the rules and the other people who are going to be there before she is willing to even consider a new opportunity. And as I look at her, that breaks my heart. Because as an adult, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Always, of course. Um, you know, I think about this phrase that we're talking about. You know, fear is temporary, regret is forever. And I don't want her to repeat some of these, you know, same patterns that that I did. Now... I don't think, like you said, t-ball was not my thing. I don't have great regret over that. But it's even for us, as my husband and I talk about it, it's the philosophy that we just want her to step into. I don't need her to try out for everything. I don't need her to, you know, be the kid that's in 75 different sports and theater and, you know, speech. And But what I do want is for her to find the spaces where she is willing to step into that place of fear and overcome it. That for us is really the most important thing is helping her understand this concept uh, at, you know, the appropriate age that she is to say you're safe and supported and let's try it. And if it doesn't go well, so what? So what? (laughs) Right. But that for me, I didn't understand as a kid. It was the so what, you know, my world is going to end if I'm not great at T-ball But that's not true. And so. We'll be right back. At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. 
Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more. Well, your your future hopes of a T-ball all-star might might be shattered. I, ended, I'm going to need to have a different retirement plan right, in right, that way. Right. Yes, definitely. Well, and it's so interesting when you when we think about strengths, right? You think about these five words that point to things that you're uniquely good at, but it's also pointing away from 29 other areas that you're not great at. And I think sometimes that we, especially with our children or maybe even harder on ourselves, that we do think that we have to achieve this level of mastery in everything. When, you know, like, for example, I love water skiing. I don't get to do very often. I don't think I knew that about you. Oh, gosh. It's so much fun, but I suck at it. I am so bad, <laughs> but I don't care. Like, I go with my friends that are doing these tricks, and I'm just like, I'm up. I'm holding on for, for you. a couple laps around, and that's yeah. all that matters. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes if you can just, like, reach that level of enjoyment, um, that's so worth it, even if you're not good at it. And there's a fear level there that's connected, but it's fun. I want to talk about your mom a little bit. Mm-hmm. You said, when you, were, when you were talking about that experience with your mom and getting the phone call, you said, I felt afraid and a fear like I had never felt in my life. What was that fear that you had never felt? That's such a good question, Nathan. And I feel like something that I am still, you know, trying to wrap my head around. Uh, my mom was one of the wisest people that I have ever known. And as I was facing this new journey of having my firstborn child, I saw her as my partner in that. She was going to be the person that I could go to with those middle of the night questions of, you know, is this bad enough to take her to the hospital? Do I need to be worried about that rash? How high can the fever get? Right. Um, You know, just even the, how many books am I supposed to be reading, you know, and when that, and of course, there's so much more to it. It wasn't, that makes it sound so simplistic, but, um, you know, she was, she was the person that I could trust to ask those questions that other people might look at you and say, really? You don't know that you're a terrible mother. You don't know that, right? And she would have been there to answer them and help me. And that was gone. And it was abruptly gone. And it created sort of a vacuum. It created a void like I had really never experienced in my life. And that void was filled with fear. Hmm. The fear of the unknown. What am I going to do? How am I going to raise my daughter without her? Now, of course, I have a whole community around me. I have a wonderful husband, you know, supportive family. So not to discount any of them. But there was also this piece of how do I do this without her? And I had never experienced a loss like that ever in my life. Well, and I can just ima- only imagine that there's so much confusion. And you talk about, I think, a lot of the root of fear is the unknown. And so, like as you said, is what what are you going to do? So I'm curious, what what did you do? Like, you don't seem like that's something that you're carrying around on a daily basis as being fearful. Maybe it is, but your daughters are now six and three? Uh, yeah, five Six and a half and almost four. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. So would you say you've overcome that fear? Like, what have you done? And then if I can really try to throw this together is like, have you seen any connection with your strengths? Anything that you can say, yes, my responsibility and my arranger have helped me overcome fear. Like, To be honest, in those probably the first you know, months, first year after the loss of my mom, it was about getting up 
every single day for my daughter. And they're as, as fundamental, as elemental as that sounds, maybe as trivial as that sounds. That was really it. I had to get up. I had a child that I had to take care of who needed me. You didn't have an option. Not I to, didn't have an option. Not to be there, not to show up. And I, although many days was afraid, many days afraid that I was failing as a parent, that I wasn't, I don't know, giving enough fruits and vegetables and I don't know even what else. I didn't have a choice. I couldn't quit. I had to get off the couch. I had to show up every single day. And there's a piece of that requirement that was sort of forced upon me that allowed me the space to say, oh, I can do this. Even if it's not perfect, even if I feel that fear on the inside, I'm still doing it. My daughter's okay. And we may not be nailing it every day, but... None of us are. Right? Just to but let you know. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast entirely. <laughs> um, but, but we're doing it. Yeah. And I, there was a sense of, of pride in that um, in sort of a healthy way. You know, I was proud of that, that even in the midst of this great loss, and I certainly, uh, you know, probably took me a lot longer to grieve her um, because I was focused elsewhere. But I was proud of that, that I got up and I did it. And I think your question about strengths in that time, um, some of my strengths got quiet. Mm. Um, shut off. Shut off. Yeah. yeah. My strength of communication did not. Um, after she died, I felt very strongly that I needed to speak at her funeral. My sisters and I all did. And what was interesting is that I wrote the eulogy for her in about seven minutes. Wow. Because it was so clear what I needed to articulate on her yeah. behalf to the people that would be sitting there. So for me, communication was on. Yeah. I had it. It was even with my daughter. I was talking to her all the time. Even as an infant, a newborn, I was telling her stories. I was sharing. We'd go on for walks and I would tell her everything that we would see. Look at this tree and it's got green leaves and there's a red bird in it. I talked to her all the time. So that didn't shut off. What's interesting, though, is my arranger did. Hmm. I could not see the big picture if you would have paid me to. Wow. Not a chance. It was, and what was a little startling is in the middle of it, I really didn't realize it. But people would ask me questions about, you know, kind of that 30,000 foot view. Where are we going? What's the big picture? What's happening? What are you seeing? Could not. I couldn't answer. Couldn't answer. And it was really until about a year had passed that I feel like my strengths all kind of evened out a little bit. Um, There may have even been an aspect of my responsibility that started to over function, uh, you know, over commit, over own, uh, trust less because of that loss of my mom. Um, And so it it has taken me a while to sort of allow my strengths, the space to to even out and function in the most generative way for myself and for everyone else. And it's not perfect. It's a work in progress, but I feel like I'm a little closer, you know, back to my myself. Right. Well, and if we can all give ourselves the gift of done and not perfection um, or maybe not even done, but just like the journey is okay. Like this idea of perfection isn't, isn't necessary. I want to, I want to close here um, by just sort of requoting you to you the last paragraph that you shared with us, 
was just a challenge and that you really wanted us to think about, you know, those things that are coming up in our lives, those things that maybe it's at work, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a personal something that are difficult and to really have courage and not to shrink away from it. From it. And so the last line that you said was, I'm not saying it will be easy or that there's a guarantee it will go well, but if you bravely step forward, you will move closer to embodying courage. So thank you, Carrie, for sharing that. And I hope all of you are encouraged by hearing this and that you bravely step into whatever it is, whatever thing it is that may be difficult for you. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. Subscribe to the Leadership Vision Podcast on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. Thanks for listening.